Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. Today's episode is going to be a little more esoteric, a little more woo, a little more zen. This is a continuation of my conversation on self-identity, self-concept. Now, the title of this episode is The Illusion of the Self, and I'm going to expand on this in detail in just a little bit. I do want to remind you that I'm now registering people, participants, into my signature coaching program, The Aligned Self which is all about recreating yourself, recreating your self-identity, either a total upgrade or tweaking those aspects that are just a little out of alignment. Now, the hardest part of my job as a coach, as a teacher, is convincing people that the self can be augmented, upgraded, enhanced, even transformed, completely transformed into a more authentic expression a completely different expression than what's currently there. And a little bit down the road, I'm going to talk about the difference between change and transformation. But the main obstacle, the main, I guess, fence that's there, the block, the doorway (laughs) that you have to get through in order to understand how malleable the self-identity is, is the concept that I call the grand illusion. Now, the grand illusion is the idea that the way you've come to know the world to be, how you know yourself to be, is the way it is. It's kind of like you take it for granted as just the way things are, that there is a certain truth and you have at least a hand on an aspect of that truth. You kind of know how the world works or do you? For this conversation, we're going to focus on the self, self self-identity. In another conversation, we'll talk about reality. But in essence, reality is an extension of your self-identity. It is a mirror of your mind. So whatever you have contained in your idea of who you are is expressed in the world, is attracted by you from the outside. So one could say that the very essential critical aspect of manifesting the reality that you want is coming from your sense of self, coming from your identity. But like I stated in the beginning, this episode is about the illusion of the self. Now, when I say illusion, I'm not saying that the self doesn't exist, per se. You certainly have an experience of yourself, But is it the truth? Is it all that it's cracked up to be? Now, when I go to the theater and I see an illusionist, like a magician, I know that it's not real magic. It's an illusion, yet I'm still entertained. I know that there's some trick, there's something going on behind the scenes that part of my brain is distracted and I perceive something amazing happening on stage. Now, to be honest, if I didn't know it was an illusion, I would have the experience of it being real, real magic. Okay, so I'm going to get into how the self is illusion. But before I do that, I want to talk about the car company 
the Toyota company. And I might ask you, is Toyota an automobile manufacturing company? And you would say, yes. And then I could ask you, bring me Toyota. Show me Toyota. Now, you might point to the building. Is that Toyota? No, that's a factory. You might point to the workers. Are the workers Toyota? No. If you bring me a car, a Toyota car, is that the Toyota company? No, it's one of their products. It could be a Corolla, it could be a Celica, it could be a Tacoma, or one of the many other cars that they manufacture. So you can't necessarily point to the car, you can't point to the building, you can't point to the workers. How about the management? You point to the management, the owner of Toyota, that they represent Toyota, maybe, but they're not specifically the Toyota company. You see, you can't point to any specific aspect or part of the company and say, that is the company. By and large, the company is actually a concept. It's conceptual in existence. It's the idea that there is a Toyota company. And the aspects that make the Toyota company the company that it is, is the synergistic effect of all those different components and its expression. It includes the manufacturing processes, the strategies, the marketing, the attitude about the design and the quality that goes into the cars. And you could say that the company itself is an illusion. You can't point to any single aspect of it and say that is the Toyota company. A more accurate description would be that it is a philosophy of which buildings, people, and systems are organized and as a result produce a particular product. Now, I don't know if you're aware of it, but a division of the Toyota car company is Lexus. And you probably know that Lexus is a completely different car than a Toyota. It is an organization that is organized around a different manufacturing philosophy, a different engineering philosophy, which yields a completely different product. But what's interesting is that Lexus did not evolve out of Toyota. Toyota had decided that they wanted to enter the luxury car market, so they declared they were creating a company. They created a philosophy. They created a system of manufacturing. And while they borrowed concepts or adapted concepts that they were using in the Toyota manufacturing, Lexus is a completely different automobile company. It was created from nothing. One could also look at SpaceX, the creation of Elon Musk. Now, SpaceX is an interplanetary travel company. It didn't evolve from anything. It was created from nothing. Now, while he did not invent space travel or interplanetary travel, he is the first one to privatize it. And SpaceX differs greatly from NASA or the Russian space program or the Chinese uh, space program. It has a completely different philosophy and has created completely different results. Again, it's all organized around an organizing principle or a philosophy. You see, my point is, is you can't point to any one aspect of any of the organizations that I mentioned, just like you can't point to any one aspect of yourself and say, that represents me. 
And this is why many, many people, more often than you think, go through a period of identity crisis, of not knowing who they are. It's the dark night of the soul, where who you set yourself up to be suddenly doesn't work anymore. And I admit that doesn't happen for everyone, but many people reach a point in their life where either a major relationship ended or they lost a job or something shifted dramatically, which made them question reality, made them question who were they in relationship to everything around them. It's been documented you know, for decades that a lot of people in their teens and their, their early years go through this existential crisis of who am I? Do I exist? which is completely understandable given the context of this conversation because the self is an illusion. It's created, or rather for most people, it's been adopted, it's been accepted, inherited from your childhood, from your parents, from what other people told you you were. Oh, you're just shy or you're so active. Who we've come to know ourselves to be is in large part just a, you know, an assessment from other people as we were growing up, behaviors that were taken into account. And if you had a persistent behavior, a persistent habit that you had adopted, then you became known for that. Ever since I was handed the question, the quest, who are you by Fred Smith, and then the adventure of figuring it out, I've been fascinated about the self-concept, self-identity ever since particularly the stories of people that suffer from amnesia. You know, the, the stories where they're in a strange place, they have an accident, no one knows who they are, they've lost their identification, and for one reason or another, maybe they got bonked on the head, and they cannot remember who they are. They don't remember where they came from, they don't remember anything about their life, except that they're alive. And usually in the story, when they, they start interacting with the world, they start adopting new behaviors, new beliefs that weren't or are not a part of their old self. And I have to tell you, I find that completely fascinating. Why is it you are the way you are? What makes you, you? And asked a, another way, how do you validate who you are? Neuroscientist Jill Bolte-Taylor had a stroke, and you may have seen her TED Talk, A Stroke of Insight. Now, she had a stroke when she was 40, and she subsequently lost her memory, lost all her identity. She didn't know who she was. She didn't know, didn't have a past whatsoever. Now, her brain was not wiped clean, but there were many, many memories, you know, previous memories, memories previous to the stroke that were gone. And as a consequence of the stroke, her rational mind, her left brain, was damaged. Her right side of the brain amplified. So her intuitive emotional response was very, very present. And then over the next eight years, she recreated, redesigned her life. Now, what she says is a blessing is the fact that she cannot remember her past. She cannot remember the pain. She cannot remember the upset or any of the abuse that may have occurred before that. She is living in joy. She's one of the happiest people you'll ever meet because she consciously created herself, recreated herself, and she recreated herself from nothing. Now, this is a very critical idea. If you strip away your story, if you strip away your memories, you can't remember who you are. 
and you strip away your relationships, you strip away your career, anything you've done for a living, and you strip all that away, you take it away, what are you left with? And remember, you don't know who you are, all your memories are stripped away, you don't know if you're funny, you don't know if you're smart, you don't know anything about yourself. Well, let me help you out. You have nothing. You see, at the center of your being, if you strip away your mind, if you wander past your conscious mind, at the center of your being, you are nothing. No thing. You are the field of pure potential. You see, in being nothing, from that place, from that space, you can be anything. You can be one with everything. From that space, whatever you declare yourself to be is what you are. And then you just match your behavior with what you say is the way you are. Now, another phenomena that has always struck my fancy, struck, you know, grabbed my interest, are those individuals that leave the environment of where they were and start fresh. They move somewhere else and with the idea that they're going to begin new, a fresh start. You see, wherever they end up, nobody knows who they are. There's no preconceived notions. There's no ideas, no expectations that they have to adapt to. So they can take on a completely different persona, a completely different energy or expression in personality. And sometimes you don't even have to move. I often hear people that end a you know predominant relationship in their life, a long-term relationship that suddenly ends, often not by their choice, but they reach a choice point, a decision point, where they decide to recreate their life, reinvigorate their life, because whoever they ended up to be at the end of that relationship wasn't who they want to be. But the only difference I see in that latter example of recreating yourself, like moving somewhere new or you know, recreating yourself after a relationship, is that you still maintain a great deal of your past with you. And you only tweak things, you polish things up, you might get fit, or you might change your wardrobe, or start driving a new car, or sport a new hairstyle. This is where we come to the difference between change and transformation. Now, I don't know how much you know about remodeling homes, but when you go into a house and you essentially slap on some new paint, maybe some new landscaping, start changing a lot of the cosmetic features about the house, that's a remodel you change the appearance. But a big remodel, a transformational remodel, is where you go in and you strip it down to the frame. You might even take out a wall or two and change the flow and function of the house, change rooms around, you know, build a bigger bathroom or expand the kitchen into a new direction. And the difference between the two approaches is one is change. The, the paint, the new landscaping, maybe even new appliances, Cosmetically, you change things. Where you start moving things around, you start from nothing, you take it down to the the studs, the framework, and then you rebuild it. When you walk in the first scenario, people will say, wow, this looks great, really, really improved. The second scenario is like, oh my God, I don't even recognize it. It doesn't even look the same. And it is the latter example, the transformational approach that I take inside my line self. When I work with individuals, I strip you down to the framework, which isn't all that painful, let me tell you. Because 
And this is the important part. When you realize that your self-identity has been adopted, it's just an idea that you have about yourself. And as a consequence, self-concept is an idea, a concept about who you are. It's the story that you've adopted. If you just start looking at it as that, an illusion, it actually gives you a lot of power. You see, I've always sought to be disillusioned. Because when you're attached to the illusion, attached to the illusion as if it's real, once you realize that it's just an adopted story, it's just an adopted idea, then it no longer has hold over you. It's, you're no longer attached to it. You might be a little attached to it, but when you realize that you created it to begin with, then there are aspects of it that you can let go. And when you realize, understand that it is an illusion, then it's an easy step to come from the context of coming from nothing. Like stripping it down, and who would you be if you didn't know who you were? It's like a mind experiment. And from that place, we can start trying on different aspects of personality, different aspects of self-identity. I have a particular framework that I go through, and we start out with the guiding principles. What are your highest priorities of life? What principles would you like to design your life around? And then we identify the beliefs and the actions that would support those unifying principles. See, the way most people work, the, most, the way most people know themselves, they are a collection of knee-jerk, habitually learned responses that you've adopted in one situation or another in order to survive that situation. And typically, once you learn a pattern learn a habit, and it worked in one section, one area of your life, then you tend to generalize it and move it and use it in other areas of your life. It's, it's not a conscious process at all. From a construction standpoint, it is a haphazard construction. It's almost as if it was created without a blueprint. You nail up a board here and you say, well, you know, this looks like a good place for a wall. And before you know it, you have a mishmash of different aspects, different qualities, and that is you. And then when you look back on it and say, given my life experiences, given the decisions that I've made, given my personality aspects, this is what's valuable to me. These are my guiding principles. And most people have the whole process backwards. And that's what, by and large, the personal development space deals with tweaking different aspects of what's already there, putting on a new coat of paint, you know, changing the furniture around, more cosmetic type of stuff, more tactical ideas, and not strategic. Strategic are global concepts, world-changing core beliefs. Now, I have to admit that the universe did give me a leg up on this perspective of coming from this approach. When I was 28, and I talked about it in a previous podcast, I think it was called the, the Path of the Intuitive. It would have been like the end of August. I just looked it up. It was episode 50. The link will be in the show notes. But in that episode, I talked about how I left my body. I had a transpersonal experience, and I had a kundalini awakening. I literally left my body four times and had a direct experience with the divine. So I, I really got to my bones in a, in a way, a lot of people don't necessarily, that you are not your body. You are not this, you know, skin bag. Your consciousness is free. And when you let go of the personality, when you let go of those aspects, at the core, you are nothing. 
no thing, and you are one with everything. A lot of people get upset when I say, at the core of your being, you are nothing. It actually is very liberating. It gives you tremendous freedom. You can be anything, do anything you want. The only thing that holds you tied to your past is the idea that you have a past and that your past is important. You see, at any given moment, you can be born anew. It is only the the baggage from yesterday that you carry with you into the present moment and the next moment that keeps you tied to the past. You can recreate yourself right now from nothing. Just start telling a new story, telling it the way you want it to be. Create your life the way you want it. Start changing the things. Let go of the things that no longer work. Make sure that your behavior is in alignment with your story. And then keep telling that new story again and again. And keep bringing your behavior in alignment with your story. In the words of Shakespeare, to assume a virtue, act as if you have it not. You don't necessarily need my course, my program, The Aligned Self. But, you know, I give you a hand. I give you a leg up. I've been through it several times. And I have to tell you, even with the leg up that the universe gave me, it still took me about 20-some years to really get everything in, the, in alignment. So if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you can go that route. It's going to take you longer. But if you want to take advantage of my experience, of my insight, then I suggest you get involved in the program, especially if you want to upgrade your self-identity to match your vision. I have to tell you, This program is the most exciting for me, the most fun, because I get to see people literally transform. Who they are at the beginning of the program is nothing compared to what's possible on the other end, how you come to know yourself to be. And it's baffling to a lot of people that there can be that much change, that much transformation. And it's primarily, you know, most people from the outside looking in, they'll know something's different. They'll say something about you's changed. The transformation's really from the inside out. It's how you feel about yourself. It's how you feel about life. You fall in love with life. Every day, your actions and behavior is on purpose. You're in purposeful action on a mission that means something to you. Your life literally becomes the story of your self-expression. So while I would love for you to enroll yourself in the Aligned Self program, and if you want to learn more, go to yesdaniel.com. But the idea that I really want to leave you with is that the idea of who you are is an illusion. And you can keep the illusion. If it works for you, keep it. Just like the magic trick, David Copperfield is like, oh God, that's amazing. And you applaud. Like if it's working, if it entertains you, by all means, keep it. But if it's not working for you, if it's not going to get you to where you want to go, if it's not in alignment, with the world, the vision that you want to manifest for yourself. Understand that your self-concept is a manifestation. It is something that you can create and choose. And that is the freedom that you get when you understand that the self is an illusion. And I wish I could have made all this up, but it is an esoteric teaching, something you'll find grounded in Buddhism, in Zen, in Hinduism, Hinduism calls it Maya, the Grand Illusion. And my little Kundalini experience, my spiritual awakening, just gave me a first-hand account of what that meant. So that's it for this one. This is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. That's where your truth is. 
your inner guidance, your higher self, your higher being as you live the epic adventure. (laughs) 